Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD from UncoveringIntimacy.com and today we're going to be talking about whether or not oral sex is sanitary. So stay tuned. So back in April, I got an email from one of my readers who I won't name because I didn't ask if I could. Uh, and he was asking about oral sex. Uh, he wrote in, you know, the question I have is concerning oral sex and whether or not it's sanitary or not, especially concerning cunnilingus, that's oral sex on a woman, but also fellatio, that's oral sex on a man. I would love to go down to my wife, but she has a belief that she is dirty down there. Though she admits that it feels good, she does not want me doing it to her. I respectfully obliged her request, but I did ask if she'd be willing to read an article or anything that would help shed some light on this. Now, I responded saying, uh, I don't have an article on it right now that I could share, but uh, if you wait a little bit, I could probably do my next podcast on it. And then, unfortunately, our family got sick and we had a vehicle breakdown and uh, then we all got sick again. Uh, so it's been a kind of a rough month. Uh, it's been kind of a rough year for us, really. Uh, just a lot of things kind of going wrong. Nothing too drastic or crazy, but life has certainly been interesting. So uh, today I'm going to try to get back to this so that uh, we can get an answer for him and his wife, and or at least my views on it. So we have this like long-standing kind of tradition in Christianity uh, that... Um, Basically, our sexual body parts, in fact, sex in general is considered dirty. Uh, now, unfortunately, we've picked up a lot of stuff from some other beliefs and traditions and, and mythologies. And there are uh, a lot of things in Christianity that we kind of did pick up, like um, Easter. You know, we have Easter eggs and we have Easter rabbits. And why? They have nothing to do with the resurrection or anything. They have to do with uh, the day that we celebrate Easter, which is... Uh, I believe it's Ishtar's birthday, who's the goddess of fertility. And so that's why we have rabbits and Easter eggs on Easter. Uh, that's why it's called Easter in the first place, because it's that's her name. And so we kind of blended this like uh, Greek-Roman tradition of uh, recognizing the goddess of fertility into our Easter celebration. And that's why we have Easter on this crazy day, which is the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the spring equinox, which has nothing to do with anything in Christianity. I mean, we could easily tie this thing to Passover, which would make a lot more sense. But we don't. We, we picked up the pagan tradition, and we kind of just ran with it and never got away from it. And we did the same thing with Christmas. Uh, we don't know when Christ was born. Uh, the best guess is somewhere in the fall, as far as I understand. But Christmas was the day that they sacrificed a young man because the sun god was coming back. Uh, and so we have that. And then we also have Christmas trees where like this was this whole sympathetic magic thing that existed in pagan culture. So we have a lot of things in Christianity that we adopted. Um not in our, not in the Bible, uh, but in a lot of our traditions and cultural, uh, kind of, yeah, adoptions and our culture of what we believe about things. So, uh, one of these other things is this belief that, you know, our soul is good, but our body is bad. And this doesn't make any sense from a biblical perspective. From a biblical perspective, um, your soul is a combination of your body and the breath of God. And we see that in Genesis, some of the early, uh, early verses. I don't remember the exact verse. It's the one where, uh, God breathes life into Adam and he becomes a soul. Uh, 
but there's no like separation. You can't say the soul is different than the body. It's all one part. And we are, we are that soul, you know, that, that's that spirit of God mixed with this body that he created with it. And if you take away any part, well, we just cease to exist. You know, you can't have one. The, the idea of an immortal soul is another thing that we kind of picked up. Uh, in, in, in the Bible, we see all through the Bible that, you know, nothing is immortal except for God. And we only put on immortality, uh, after the second coming of Christ, which hasn't happened yet. So therefore our souls can't be immortal. But the Greeks had this belief that souls were immortal. They had the Elysian fields, you know, all this, this mythology about like souls had to be immortal for, for their mythology to work. And we adopted a lot of that stuff. I don't know. Anyways, this is a bit of a tangent, but uh, one of the other things that we adopt is, yes, this idea that our bodies are, are dirty and sinful and, uh, that sex is dirty and sinful. That got picked up along the way as well. In fact, some of the names that we have for body parts, like the, the Latin name for, uh, female genitals, uh, pudendum literally means parts to be ashamed of. So eventually we get this belief in Christianity kind of during the Victorian era that uh, sex is this dirty, sinful, awful thing. Uh, it was even believed that uh, sex didn't happen until after the fall, that it wasn't something that God created originally, that it was, you know, it, it was part of the curse. Um, and the church even started teaching that uh, basically um, sex was a sin that was only somewhat alleviated by procreation. And uh, this still exists in some uh, denominations. Uh, Catholicism has held this, held this belief for a very long time. I believe some things are changing now. <clears throat> but uh, there's still this kind of... It's hard to shake from the Christian culture this idea that anything to do with sex is wrong or dirty. Um, because it's been ingrained in there for so, so very long. Uh, and uh, oral sex in particular, because it can't uh, produce a child, uh, it's even been outlawed in some states in the U.S. Uh, it's outlawed, I believe, in India, I saw. Uh, and it's all based on this idea that um, because it's not a procreative act, therefore it's sinful and it's dirty and therefore illegal. But in the Bible, we have uh, more than just procreation as a reason to have sex. You know, sex is shown up in the Bible as uh, recreation and comfort, uh, a way to help your spouse uh, not be tempted, uh, and as well, of course, procreation. Uh, but to say that that's the only reason uh, is to ignore a lot of the other Bible verses about it. So we have this idea that uh, sex is dirty and it's sinful. You know, it, it can, comes into our vocabulary as well. We talk about dirty talking. Uh, it's not really dirty. I mean, it should probably be more aptly named erotic talking. But uh, um, even in my guide, I call it dirty talking because that's what everybody knows it as. And it's the common jargon, even though in the book I explain it's not really dirty. So there's nothing unsanitary uh, really about genitals by themselves. There's nothing dirty about them. Uh, yes, they do handle our waste product. So that part is, but as long as you're clean, that's not really that much of a concern. In fact, in the case of oral sex, um, 
which is using your mouth on someone's genitals, your mouth is probably the least sanitary part about this exchange. Uh, if you're really consider, uh, concerned about sanitation or hygiene, then you should stop kissing each other like mouth to mouth because that has way more germs and bacteria and everything involved than uh, genitals do whatsoever. Uh, our, our sexual components tend to be fairly clean. Uh, whereas our mouths tend to not be clean whatsoever. Uh, we, we hold a ton of bacteria in our mouths. Uh, and we see that in a lot of things. That's why people are afraid of like bites from animals and things because their mouths are about the dirtiest thing about them. Uh, and, and frankly, it doesn't change a whole lot for humans. Anyways, another thing is that, um, Spouses, especially ones who've been together for a long time, they tend to have a lot of the same um, internal flora and fauna. So that's the the bacteria that exist in your body. Um, we we tend to kind of reach some kind of equilibrium that we 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 share so much stuff because I mean you sleep in the same bed. Chances are you you might be drinking from the same cups every once in a while. You're kissing and you're having sex and you exchange a lot of genetic material, yours and bacterial information. And so we tend to kind of reach this point where yeah, I have all the same bacteria you have and you have all the same bacteria I have. Um so we don't really have to worry that much about exchanging bacteria. And it's not like true across the board because yes, there are concerns of, you know, you have to be careful not to get like fecal matter, uh, in your genitals because that can cause infections because that kind of bacteria is not supposed to be in those areas. So there's concerns like that, but, um, there's not really concern between, uh, in oral sex that just doesn't happen. You know, like you generally, you don't have a lot of problems unless you have a serious medical problem. Uh, the other thing that people worry about is things like STDs and STIs, which, yes, are a serious concern uh, if you have a history uh, that includes those. But um, like for my wife and I, we've never had another sexual partner. Uh, you can't create STIs or STDs through oral sex. You can only transmit them. So uh, if my wife has never had one and I've never had one, um, oral sex is not a way that we have to worry about getting a an STD. So that's a concern that we see out in the media. People are always worrying, worried. Yes. Hey, careful. Don't worry. And like oral sex is not a way to make sure that you don't get an STD or SDI. That's true. But again, in a committed monogamous, monogamous relationship where you're both clean of those things, that's not a concern. If you're not clean of those things, then talk to your doctor, take necessary precautions. Um, Another one is people worry about, uh, well, urine. I mean, uh, when you're performing oral sex, you're around their urethra, which is where urine gets expelled. Um, so for the first thing, um, some people believe that urine is sterile. It's not. Uh, there's a false kind of medical study that people tend to misquote a lot, uh, that, and they think that urine is sterile. It's not sterile, uh, whatsoever. I mean, it, it's the body's mechanism to get rid of waste. But that said, in low qualities, which I mean, as long as you're not drinking mouthfuls of the stuff, you're probably okay and your system's not even going to blink an eye if you ingest some of it. It may be mentally distasteful for you, uh, but from a sanitary or hygiene perspective, it's not a real concern, especially with your spouse, which, like I said, you probably share a lot of the same bacteria. As well, for men in particular, 
men almost unless something is wrong, they literally can't urinate while they're aroused. Um, there is a mechanism in male genitals that actually turns off that ability. And uh, any guy who's, well, grown up as a guy uh, knows that, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you have an erection, then you have to pretty much wait for the erection to die down before you can go to the bathroom, which can be really irritating sometimes. But if you're really worried about, oh, well, what if he has to go to the bathroom while I'm giving him oral sex? That's not really a concern unless, again, there's some some medical issue going on. Now, if you are still worried about it, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who knows about my blog and he was like, well, why don't you just take a shower beforehand? And he's right. Like, if you're really concerned about it, just take a shower beforehand. Um, you don't need to use like harsh soaps or anything. In fact, um, most resources I see say you don't need to use soap whatsoever. Just your hand and water and you're fine. Uh, too many women worry so much about uh, smell and taste and everything that they use. Very harsh chemicals and then they tend to kill off the helpful bacteria in their system and then that causes issues and then that actually can cause them to smell or taste funny uh, so don't do that just use water i mean the system was designed to kind of clean itself and keep itself regulated so as long as you're yeah just use water in your hand and you're fine uh, i actually found old ads uh, from lysol suggesting that women use lysol to clean themselves uh, which is just horrible don't ever do that <laughs> Uh, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I'll try to find it back again and post a picture in the show notes on the website. Uh, other than that, did I have anything else to share? I don't think so. Uh, long and short of it is basically, um, yeah, there's not really anything unhygienic or unsanitary about it. Uh, again, just make sure that you, you've washed recently. Uh, if you don't have STDs or SDIs, you don't have that to worry about. Uh, bacterias and infections, unless you know something's going on and you have an infection or a bacteria that's gotten out of hand, you're probably okay because you're going to share a lot of that same flora and fauna anyways. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say on that. If you want to find out more, you can check out our website at uncoveringintimacy.com. If you have a question you'd like to ask me, you can either email me at j at uncoveringintimacy.com or you can go on our website. There's a have a question button in our main navigation uh, menu and you can click on that. You can ask a question anonymously if you like. If you just don't feel comfortable emailing me and me knowing your email address, um, you can use that and then I will try to answer them as quickly as I can. Usually I try to answer them in a weekly update, which unfortunately I haven't gotten out lately because again, we've had the flu and it's just been horrible. So hopefully I can get one written soon and I've got a bit of a backlog of questions to answer. But don't let that stop you because I will catch up. And that's all for now. I'm trying to do these podcast episodes a little more often now, so uh, stay tuned, subscribe, we're on iTunes and whoever knows where else we are, Stitcher and I think Google Play now, and I don't know, everyone just kind of picks us up on their own now, we don't even have to apply to most of them. So, uh, wherever you're listening, uh, we'd love it if you'd leave a review, I know you're, some people are shy about that, but a lot of them I think you can leave, leave them anonymously. Uh, I love reviews because they help other people find us as well. And um, 
yeah that's about it uh if you don't want to miss anything head over to the site uh and subscribe to our newsletter or you can just jump to uncoveringintimacy.com slash subscribe and then you'll make sure you don't miss out on anything that's all for now see ya